Sports Talk with a little bit of an edge. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN. 540. So at 540, I was like, let's do this. But it took until about what? What time would you say, Joe? Like 555? It was almost 6 o'clock when the mayor wound up being able to get on. Because I'm sure he's got other media circuit to deal with. So we called Will. Will said, I can't. I'm in the middle of writing something. He said, okay, call my grandma. So we called my grandma. We talked to her for three minutes. She says, I'm pissed because of the Van Drew McCutcheon trade. She's more mad about that and Garrett Cole than she was the Steelers' loss because she's a huge Pirates fan, which is another reason why this all pisses me off because she's 90 years old. When's the? She might not ever get to see a freaking contender again, you bastards. So we get her off. The mayor calls in. We talk to the mayor. So in order, it was Will Graves... Jerry Dulac, Will Graves again, my grandma, and then the mayor. Damn, we do a different show than anybody else does around here. Up next, Tim Benz, the official vampire of the Crowley Show, to digest all that crap. It's a Crowley Show. Just discovered that they're making a Super Troopers 2. And the trailer is now out. And I was watching it. Now I got to come back and do a radio show. The hell's that about? Maybe I'll let Benzy talk and then I'll just watch the rest of the trailer. Tim Benz, of course, triplive.com, joining me here on the Crowley Show. What's going on, Benzy? I feel like it's been in the works forever. The trailer's finally out. It is finally out right now. I tried to listen to your interview with the mayor, but RMU Hoops is on. How did, since I got bumped for the mayor, the least you can do is tell me what the mayor had to say. The mayor had to say that this would bring in 50,000 new jobs in 17 years, as promised by Amazon. And he said that they knew that it was going to always be narrowed down. Uh, They weren't expecting to go from, I think it was 238 to 1. They were expecting it to go from 238 to 20. And then there's going to be an even deeper dive from Amazon. And they're going to now show up at every city and look at the sites and yada, yada, yada. Oh, so like they threw away the request from Des Moines, but we're still in the mix. Damn right. We made the playoffs is pretty much how he put it. This is sort of like being in the Sweet 16, I guess, then, huh? It is, and in Morgantown, we always put up banners for that, so I suppose we should be happy. Yeah, so, wait, what has to happen from here, then? Do we actually have... Did he talk, did he talk to you about where it's actually going to be? Do we know that yet? Is that public? No, it's not, uh, because the sites don't want it to be out there uh, as of yet, because I suppose there Can I are... make a suggestion? Sure. Why not put the offices at PNC Park? You know it's never going to be used from October on. So great ambiance, great view, uh, lots of great food in the building for the employees. I think it makes a lot of sense. Tim, he was actually very critical of the Pirates. Uh, He said that he's been asked to see if there's anything in the lease with PNC Park that would make it so that they had to move or to get Bob Nutting out of office, out of office, out of uh, being the owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates because he violated the lease, but he said he couldn't find anything. So wait, was he one of the people that signed that petition? I did not ask him that. That's a great point. That sounds like somebody who would have gone online and signed a petition. 
or got the Kickstarter going to try to induce Thomas Toll to buy the team. But I guess he's too busy being one of those limited partners that's trying to get Mike Tomlin out to worry about buying the Pirates again, right? Before we get into any of that stuff, can I just voice my displeasure that there's an RMU basketball game on the stream when I'm doing a afternoon drive radio show? Well, as an employee of the Robert Morris University, the dispersal of all things RMU, I'm in favor of. But I did tune in with great anticipation to hear you talk with the mayor about this topic and more. I didn't know that he was going to go so far as to say he's investigating the lease to get Bob Nutting out. That's, did the Crowley show make some news here? Of course we did. He said wow, he wasn't able to find he... anything, though. So, yeah, I, well. I suppose it would be news that he did look, though, yes? It is, and uh, would he run him out of town on a bike lane? Tim Benz joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Joe really liked that joke. He's chortling in the next room. Uh, I do think it's cute, everyone, Tim, that signed a petition. Uh, I am one of the people who's not going to go to a game at PNC Park now for as long as Bob Nutting's the owner, and I'm not even joking. That's just the truth. But all of the people who feel like me, all the people who signed the petition, they got to know that nothing's going to come of this. Uh, They are helpless. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is just, you know what this is, Adam? This is nothing more than people looking for a high five on Twitter. Honestly, that's that's all this is. Uh, Whether it's the Kickstarter, uh, which I don't even know exists, but I I feel like I heard someone say they were going to do one. Uh, I, you know, the the online petition, uh, the guy who was tweeting out, Everybody should wear red on opening day at PNC Park. What does that mean? The only color that matters to Bob Nutting is green, as in money, as in your money. So when I hear all this stuff, I just tune out. You know, it's just like I don't think fans mean it. If you mean it, you just won't go. Silence is the best verbiage here. And anything else is just a bunch of folks looking to get retweets and likes on Twitter because that's all that matters in life anymore. That being said, uh, on that other station across the street, a lot of the people have said they're still going to go to Pirate Games because, well, they want to take their kids. Now, I don't disrespect them. I don't mind that they're going to do that. But what was also said is this, Tim, that they're not making a statement by going to PNC Park. And, okay, they very well might think that they're not, but they have to know where the money is going to wind up. And because of that, it is a statement, is it? Not? Eh, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I don't fall too far on either side of the fence on either side, you know, Adam, when it comes to this, because I, I look at it as you, you are as much of a consumer as you want to be, right? I mean, like, I try to avoid buying things that I think are overpriced all the time. Like, uh, you know, I, I try to avoid flying whenever I can because I hate the friggin' airline. But sometimes you have to. So am I endorsing the airlines when I'd love to fly and travel more? but I stay away as often as possible on the occasion that I do fly when I have to. Am I endorsing the product? I guess I don't feel that way. I mean, I, I drive to New England a lot because I, I can't even get flights from Pittsburgh to Logan that aren't going to bankrupt me. Does that mean I'm in favor of the airlines? I, I, I don't know. So, you know, I, I just, I, I don't politicize this, I suppose, as much as you do. Damn you, Tim. Tim Benz, official vampire of the Crowley Show, joining me here on the program. Uh, Is this one of these things you're mad at me now because I just debated you on something? Yeah, I don't like when this happens, Tim. I don't like to push back. I don't like to have to put any effort forward. (laughs) 
You just grilled the mayor. That's enough. You're tired now. Is that what you're saying? If only I grilled the mayor. I didn't do that. Uh, I was just turned down, by the way, in an opportunity to grill Neil Huntington. Does that surprise you at all? He goes on the flagship. They don't ask any follow-up questions. I asked for Huntington, and I'm told I can't have him. Well, the question that I would have liked to have heard followed up there in that interview, and I was just listening to it myself for a column I'm doing for the trib, is I just want to know when Nuance Night is at PNC Park. And do the first 15,000 or 10,000 get a thesaurus when they walk through the door? Because what's the difference between, wait, I've got it here, hold on, restock, replenish, and refresh as opposed to rebuild? It's semantics, dude. That's exactly the follow-up that I would have asked, too. I mean, my God. And then there was the whole deep, I mean, deep, in-depth, look at what their projection models say their win total is going to be followed up by him saying that the win totals look like it's going to be less than the 75 win team last year, but they think they could still be the brewers of last year or the twins come based on, well, and I will give them credit for following up there because one of the hosts went so far as to say, because the extrapolated analogy was we could be the 2013 pirates again. And one of the hosts said right back to him, well, who's your McCutcheon then? You just traded McCutcheon, and McCutcheon was coming off a career year and had a year that was just as good, (laughs) if not better. So who's that this year if you're going to be the 2013 edition of the team? So I give him credit for that follow-up, but the bottom line is that. Don't people, are people more angry about being lied to than they are the trades themselves? Absolutely. 100%. Let me give you an analogy here. This is a real-life analogy, okay? Uh, here's here's the way I take it. I, I had a friend, female friend who got divorced. This female friend who got divorced said to me at one point, when I found out that my spouse was cheating on me, I was hurt. When I found out that he lied about it, I got mad. And that's how I think this is being interpreted by a lot of people out there. It, it's one thing to do something, and you can be hurt by it. But when you get sold a line of BS about the intent of said act, that's what puts people over the top, over the top, or the double talk, or the minutia, or you know, don't look here, but look over here as to why this happened. That stuff is what dri- is driving the fan base insane right now. I think that's my take. Ding, ding, ding. That's exactly how I feel because I put it up on a blog, ESPNPGH.com, by the way, that I. I'm hurt to see McCutcheon leave because when McCutcheon was signed, that represented hope. And whenever I saw him be successful, it represented the only time that I'd ever seen the Pirates be successful in my life. So I was bummed out by that, but certainly upset and angered by the fact that they would have the gall to pretend like this year was going to matter because it's not. And in listening to that interview, Tim, it actually kind of made me question 2013 a little bit, as if they were accidentally, that they accidentally contended, that they somehow were surprised by their contention in that season. It actually made me look on that year a little less uh, glowingly than I was before. Um, I wouldn't take it that far. I, I mean, are you saying if they that think they that got- this season, if they think that this season could be like that season, that would be total. Bass Ackward's luck that they had a successful year in 2018. So by that measure, I think that they had Bass Ackward's luck back in 2013. I do think they surprised themselves, but I don't think looking back on it, we should be surprised that they were good for 2013 because they were good in 14 and 15 too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think I can isolate it that much. What I will say to that line of logic of 
well, we think we can compete this year because, well, I'll get this one too. What was his high heat quote today? Did you hear the interview with uh, Mad Dog Russo on the MLB Network by any chance? Wait a second. Who was on with Mad Dog? Huntington. Son of a bitch! Well, was that supposed to be your interview? Well, I mean, it just... hes I was told he didn't have any time, and he's not going to have time this week or next week. I'm guessing they... Well, it was earlier. It was earlier in the day. I'm guessing and they... I'm sure perused... you were second in line after Mad Dog Russo well, I mean, I, okay, on the MLBO so, Network. So, sure. Mad, so Mad Dog's a, uh, a bigger deal, yes, I understand. But uh, I'm guessing that Jimmy T took one look. He's the Pirates PR guy at my Twitter account and said, Oh, we can't let Neil Huntington go on that show. But anyhow, I digress. Okay, here's the quote. As we look at our next competitive team, our goal is to have it be 2018. Come on. Are you kidding? Our goal is to have it be 2018. If you think you're going to contend in 2018, you don't trade your opening day starter who's 27 and only making $6.7 million. If you think you're going to contend in 2018, you don't trade your best offensive player from last year. Okay, he's 31. You know who won the MVP at 31? Clemente. You know who finished second? Stargell. You know who won the Cy Young at 27? Drabeck. I mean, do, do we think we've forgotten our own history here? I mean, like, how, how hard are you trying to pull the wool over people's eyes? Well, and Tim, it's just that, right? And when you look around Major League Baseball and when you look around professional sports, there are a lot of examples where uh, uh, an ownership group or a front office would say, look, we're not tanking, but we're not going to be good. I mean, the Astros made that abundantly clear. The Cubs, whenever they got taken over by Theo Epstein, they made it clear. Hell, uh, the uh, 76ers said, trust the process. The Pirates don't need to lie to us. I think that they have dug their own grave when it comes to PR. In a lot of these instances, all you need to do is tell the truth. All Bob then needed to say a couple of years ago wasn't, oh, we'd like Andrew McCutcheon to be a Pirate forever. You don't have to say that. Don't say it. Say the economics of baseball are going to make it difficult. You don't need to lie to us every step of the way. And then when it comes to the rebuild, people understand the concept of tanking now. People understand the concept of a rebuild. It's not taboo like it once was, and they've made this so much worse for themselves. Right. And I think that's largely because they're working under the 2011, 12, 13 era of thinking. Right which is we've still got trust from our fans that this new management will be different. But when they got good, they didn't add enough. When they got good for three years, they decided then to subtract for the fourth year, and that's when things started to go bad. And the offseason between 15 and 16 was so publicly discussed of, let us go through our process with the bridge year, and all these dominoes that had fallen for them in previous seasons didn't fall in that season, I think they know that they don't have that trust anymore. And they also know that if they don't get people into the ballpark, they're going to have to do this again next year. And then that's maybe when the mayor wants to look a little bit harder into that lease. Because, <laughs> you know, no one's going to go, and they're not going to have any money at that point. And then maybe the Kickstarter with Thomas Toll involved may actually come to fruition. Tim, uh, moving over now to the Steelers, I think Todd Haley needed to go based on the relationship with the quarterback. Uh, that being said, I do think he was a good offensive coordinator. I'm wondering now how much autonomy Ben's going to have under Randy Fickner, and 
I wonder who everyone's going to blame when Ben Roethlisberger throws a couple of petulant interceptions in Game 1 against the defending champion New England Patriots. Yeah, I'm with you on a lot of that. Uh, I think the one... The one unspoken thing, particularly from Ben and Team Ben in the Twitter sphere, is I think Roethlisberger did take a lot from the years with Haley in that he finally has bought into, and he knows he can't anymore, particularly at this point, run around in the pocket and try to keep plays alive as much as he used to under Arians. You know, that's going back six years now. Uh, whether he wants to still or not, he's a smart enough guy to know that he can't. So the structure of Haley's offense to get him to get rid of the ball more quickly and not rely on his ability to keep plays alive in the pocket, there is now an ingrained sort of muscle memory there for Roethlisberger that is going to be easier to buy into, particularly with the continuity of Fittner now being the offensive coordinator. And when Ben said, I think the less change the better on his radio show a couple of days ago, that could have been construed as a quasi-endorsement of Haley. As we know now, it wasn't. It was a direct endorsement of Fittner taking over for Haley and him distancing himself from the situation and uh, making it look like he was the guy that forced Haley out the door. That's what all that was. And I agree with you about Haley, for the most part, being a good offensive coordinator. The uh, points, what, were eighth this year. Touchdowns per game offensively were fourth. Yardage was third. But again, all that translated into what? 18th in red zone TD percentage. They've never been, I think, above 12th in that category under Haley. That's always been a problem. Uh, I want to go back now and do a little number crunching on how they were on third and fourth and one situations and see how that much, how, how that played into things. But the, the big picture part of it, your first words, yeah, he had to go, not because he was derelict in his duties, but because the relationship with the quarterback just got so annoying. And uh, maybe some other coaches like Mun- Mike Munchak and Fittner would have left if Haley had stayed on board. Last thing here for you, Tim. On the defensive side, who gots to go? Because to me, Joey Porter's got to go from a staff perspective. I don't know if I'd mind if Carnell Lake left. And from a playing standpoint, I think it's time to say goodbye to Mike Mitchell. Uh, that it was time to say goodbye to Mike Mitchell before this year. Uh, I know he had a pretty decent year last year, but... Looking back on it, he wasn't worth keeping. Um, Mitchell, yes. Uh, whatever inside linebacker you want to say is the starter next to Williams, that guy has to go, whether you're talking about Spence or Ford or Matakevich oh, or to special teams. Uh, that Bud Dupree, if not this year, the next. I mean, let's get beyond the coaching thing. I, I think everybody just wants heads to fall and axes to swing in the coaches because they're mad. The bigger deal is, Adam, they have no idea what they are right now up front. Uh, I think the secondary is actually gaining depth and clarity and will yes. get better once they sub Mitchell out for someone else. But that front seven is confused right now. Uh, they are now directly between a base 4-3 nickel kind of team or a base 3-3-5 kind of team, however you want to view it or call it. Uh, they don't know what they are in terms of their outside linebackers dropping or rushing. They don't know who the next Ryan Shazier is going to be or what Ryan Shazier can ever be again if he's going to be able to play, let alone walk in the first place. And they don't know, uh, I think, who what, what the difference is between their ends as to whether or not they're pass rushers or whether or not they're space eaters for the outside linebackers that now don't rush as often as they used to. It's a confused front seven. Uh, even though I had 56 sacks last year, uh, as we know by now, the offense, the outside linebackers, rather, 
has a, like a low going back to 2014, which is a completely incongruous statistic, but it's there. They've got to figure it out or else you're going to see more games like we saw in the second half of the season where insufficient quarterbacks are putting up decent numbers and uh, I don't know, average to below average running games are posting totals that force the offense to have to score a lot. Tim, I totally screwed up the clock a couple of times this hour, including taking you there for like 18 minutes. So I appreciate you sticking around. Thanks very much. And uh, I'm going to go comb through the lease whenever I get done here. Yeah, let me know how that turns out. And uh, get me an interview. Give me a copy of that interview with the mayor. I want to I want to hear how you grilled him. Didn't, I don't want to hear how he grill. responded. Didn't grill. It was a friendly interview. <laughs> okay, I'm not a journalist. Goodbye, Tim. Bye, Adam. I'm going to wrap this thing up. Coming up next, don't know quite how I'm going to do it, but I will have the hottest take of the day. Get me out of here! It's a Crowley Show. I wonder what I can get away with saying on this final segment since the show isn't broadcast on iHeartRadio right now, Joe. I wonder if I could just start throwing out insults left and right say highly offensive things about other people in the building Thanks. probably not going to do that it is odd to me though that we just have a basketball game on the stream and terrestrial radio is the only thing that's left and we know that that's not where the listeners come into this show because the terrestrial side of things sucks but anyhow I digress. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Ready, Joe? It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. Pirates broadcaster and a guy that I like and admire, Greg Brown, tweets, Some fake news out there. I happen to know Bob Nutting. He is as good a man as I have ever met. He is an excellent team owner who righted a sinking pirate ship. He cares deeply about the organization and wants to bring a championship to Pittsburgh. That is the truth, end quote. I mean, come on, Bob! Bob's bad dude. He's a liar. Greg, it's a bad look for him to stick up for Bob Nutting. It just is. Again, I like Greg Brown. I think he does a really good job. Uh, I think he's excited. He might be the only excitement that is brought to Pirates baseball this year. Uh, That might be true. Joe's shaking his head. Joe's not a huge Greg Brown fan. Why, he's too excitable for you, Joe? Too much of a homer, and I get that that, like AT&T Sports is the flagship, but that's too much for me. Did you like Steige? Okay. No. Okay. I did. I like Greg. I don't mind the homer side of things when you're a regional broadcaster when it comes to the games, but I don't need you to feed the same BS that the owner's feeding to all of us. Uh, Greg Brown doesn't need to go on his Twitter account and say exactly what the Pirates want him to say. In fact, now he's come out and he's tweeted, by the way, the Pirates have never told me what or when to tweet. I would imagine that that second part's true, but he knows what he's doing when he's sticking up for nutting. He's taking his side of things. That's the way he wants to portray the Pirates because that's the organization with which he works. I don't rip iHeart 
all that much, other than when they put a basketball game on during my radio show, and even then I joke and I kid, uh, you do what you got to do, you suck up to the people you have to suck up to, but he didn't need to do that publicly, and I think it's a bad look for him. And this is the problem that the Pirates have, because I reach out to Jimmy T, the Pirates PR guy, and he tells me that I can't have Huntington this week, can't have him next week, and... I suppose I understand, but Huntington was just on today on a national show. Huntington went on with the flagship. I think he knows those places are safe spaces. This is not a safe space. We would ask questions that those stations are not permitted to ask, and I know that they probably haven't gotten an edict at that station across the street what they can and cannot ask. But they know that there's a line that they have to tow there. I mean, that's a reality. I'm sure that there's a line that we have to tow when it comes to the Steelers. Not that I've ever been told anything that explicitly. So when Neil Huntington goes on the show and says, we're not rebuilding, we think we can can contend this year and there's no follow-up question, I get it. I don't want to rip that station across the street. But, man, open yourself up to a little bit of a challenge. I think Neil Huntington is as good of a BS artist as there is in sports. I'd like a crack at it. I'd like to hear him try to BS his way out of, well, come on now, Neil, that's semantics. You have to rationalize. You have to understand that you're not as good of, uh, as as much of a contender as when you had a former MVP and a former Cy Young candidate on your staff. Who's going to be that guy who takes that step? It's typical. They're running the PR playbook. But you know what? I've heard Jim Rutherford on that station across the street. I've heard Kevin Colbert on that station across the street. I've heard both of those people with Mark Madden. Yet Madden never gets a chance at the Pirates. He never gets Neil Huntington. And we don't get the opportunity either. See, the Pi- the Penguins and the Steelers realize that tough questions come along with the job. And they don't mind being asked said tough questions. The Pirates, they run away and hide. Uh, they only put out the message that they want. They control the message better than any organization, or they try to, better than any organization in this town. And I look at them as the frauds that they are. I suppose it shouldn't be that surprising that I don't get Neil Huntington on the show. That's not one specific take, but I suppose that was the hottest take of the day. I got it. And that was the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. You ready for a new feature, Joe? Ready to wrap this show up like we did yesterday? It's time for other crap. Woo! Other crap. It was even better the second day. We have the best live voice talent in the entire country. We'll put our people up against anyone, baby. A couple of college basketball and college football insiders have reported that there's like a 95% chance that players can now in the near future, start transferring freely, meaning that there will not be a year where the player has to sit out. And I find myself incredibly conflicted here. I'm always conflicted when it comes to college sports because I do think that they're inherently wrong. 
the coaches profit, the universities profit, but the student athletes themselves, they get the education. I don't think there's a great value to that education, and they don't see any of the money other than the tuition that they get paid. So I think it's crooked. I would like to see players be able to transfer because coaches get to leave mid-contract, and they don't have to sit out a year. If the coaches get that autonomy, if the coaches get that freedom, I'd like to see players get the same freedom, too. That being said, the reason that I'm conflicted, I think that it would really hurt collegiate sports. And I think that you'd have players transferring all the time, and you'd have smaller schools getting crushed. So I am very much conflicted there.